Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rightio, uh, yeah, just uh, after uh, 11 o'clock, 11.03 in fact, and uh, very interesting, uh, that golf, fantastic second shot from um, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Mind you, it was the third time uh, they'd played the hole today. Uh, honestly, he knocked it within 12 inches. Uh, Jordan Spieth only replied uh, with one that uh, went to the back of the green. He had about a 45-foot putt to try and stay in the playoff. Uh, just went by uh, the left-hand uh, side of the hole, and uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick stepped up and knocked his in, so uh, that was that. Uh, just waiting to see if we have uh, Greg Alexander on the line with us. Nope. Doesn't appear that um, at this point that uh, Brandy's with us. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, those results over the weekend. Uh, right, let's uh, catch up with Greg Alexander. Great uh, that you've been available to us uh, two weeks in a, a, a row, Brandy. Uh, it's just a fascinating contest, this NRL. It just keeps giving at this stage. Um, and it started way, way back last Thursday, seems forever ago, um, that uh, the, the Rabbitohs um, said to the Dolphins, right, enough's enough. We've got to address the balance there. Good to chat again, mate. Uh, you're right. Yeah, South's uh, big winners in the end over the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins have been plucky in some of their games and, and come up with some extraordinary results and, and wins and still sit in the top eight. They're on eight points and haven't had their bye yet. So uh, pretty impressive by the Dolphins, but just not not good enough for South Sydney. Plenty of strike. Cody Walker was very good. Latrell chimed in with a couple of uh, special pieces of play and uh, the Dolphins in front of 23,000 uh, went down and Souths uh, get their fourth win of the season and, and in the end did it convincingly, Smitty. How do you uh, read this, uh, both of these sides actually, 22-18, uh, the Sharks beat the Roosters. I, I, it's struggling to get a take on both of these two sides early season. Uh, yeah, well, both were looking to respond after the Roosters, and, and you're right, the Roosters have had a pretty big injury toll. And I, I know there's plenty of sides that have that have struggled with injury, but um, the Roosters in particular, their forward pack has been pulled apart by injury. They had some return through the New South Wales Cup, Angus Crichton, uh, who had had some, some problems to deal with over the off-season leading into the season. Uh, Satili Tupanua has played two games in the New South Wales Cup now. So they've got some big names returning to the side, but uh, yeah, they haven't actually set the world on fire yet. There's been... You know, Tedesco missed a couple of games through, uh, through head knocks. Uh, there's a bit of pressure on their halves. Uh, Sam Walker and Luke Keary. Joey Manu's been quite, or certainly quieter than he usually is. And the Sharks, on the flip side, also... Uh, coming off the back of that Warriors loss. Uh, they beat them at home after leading t the Warriors 20 to nil. So uh, good performance by the Sharks. It was a, an all-round performance by them. And they did score three tries in the second half. The Roosters led at halftime, Smitty, 12-8. Mm. Um, didn't score a point in the second half, and the Sharks finished all over the top of them. Nico Hines, again, very good uh, for Cronulla, but... Both sides, yeah, been a bit hit and miss so far this season, but I, I expect both to be 
both to be up there when it gets towards the end of the season. Just when you think the Storm have uh, found uh, another level and uh, they're going to get themselves, ease themselves into, you know, a top of the table type situation as they're quite used to being, the Seagulls knock them over 18 8. I didn't see that coming, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I, you know, Manly were, were embarrassed by the Panthers the week before. Penrith led 32 0 at half time and Manly never got into the game. And it was a, it was a big win by Penrith. Tom Trebojevic did hobble around for most of the game. You know, took an injury into the game, got a needle for a hip point injury and ended up affecting his back. So Tommy was a passenger against the Panthers. So you knew that there'd be some sort of response. When a, when a good side like Manly, and they've started the season well, have got enough good players in Cherry Evans, Trebojevic brothers, um, to, be, to be a good side this year. When, when players like that are challenged, um, there's normally a response, and they did. They gave it at home. Brookvale Oval up against the Storm, the Battle of Brookie. Now, you know, we, we go back a dozen years to when when there was an all-in brawl there. Um, um, uh, and, and it's been known as the Battle of Brookie since. And even though there was no brawl, Smitty, boy, it was a physical game. There was some big hits. There was players sin-binned. It had everything, the game. And Manly, uh, in the end, too good for the Storm. The Storm had Cameron Munster at fullback, um, because of the Nick Meany problem, injury, missing the game. So they had Troy Pezzett at 5'8". I think that affected them. Um, but, yeah, Manly, just too good. And you're right. I, I thought the Storm, after their wins over the Bunnies and the Roosters, looked, looked good things. But uh, Manly, Manly had a, 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 you know, Manly were challenged as a side after their big loss to Penrith and, and, and answered it with a good performance. Mm, they did. They really did. Um, Panthers are very tight over the, the night 16-15. Well, I, I didn't work Saturday, which is a rare thing. I'm, I'm, I'm normally doing something on a Saturday at either a game or in the studio, and um, I didn't work. So I, uh, so I sat at home and watched three games of gr- fantastic footy. Uh, the Warriors, the Cowboys into the Newcastle Panthers game. And you're right, they boy Penrith had to work hard. They weren't, you know, the week before everything was fluent. Their timing was perfect. Their execution was great, uh, but not so against Newcastle. And Newcastle really deserve a lot of the credit for putting Penrith off their game. Uh, Newcastle scored three tries to two. It was just the the goal kicking and the field goal from Nathan Cleary, uh, which was pretty special in Golden Point um, to to ice the game after the first set. Uh, around the 40-metre mark, struck it beautifully. But Newcastle really took it to the Panthers, Smitty, and and made them work hard for that. Um, For Penrith, it's a good sign when you don't play well, when when you're just off your game a bit, and when the other side take it to you, to still be able to win is a a very good sign. But uh, Newcastle have been good. You know, over the last month without Kalen Ponga, I don't think people thought that they would have put up the performances that they have and are uh, travelling well. But it was, a, it was a cracking game in front of a sellout crowd in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Great crowd too, as you would expect at Mount Smart for uh, the Warriors and the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people were, were had texts and, and comments this morning about the fact that uh, the Warriors won ugly, but uh, last year they were losing very, very ugly. If that's an ugly win, they'll take it any day of the week because the Cowboys are more than useful outfit. Oh, look, that that was a great win, and and I and I tip I tip the Cowboys. I thought, oh, the Cow might be, you know, they're getting a couple of players back. 
Uh, the Warriors have been fantastic, but you know maybe the Cowboys just surprise everyone, even though they're, they're crossing the ditch to play. And you know I tip the Cowboys, but more than happy to see the Warriors win. And after the the, the effort that they put in, boy, uh, that's a a Warriors side over the last I can't remember how many years would not have won that game. Would just would not have won the game with the mistakes they made. Uh, their ability to defend those mistakes. Uh, you've got a, a side like the Cowboys who have got so many attacking weapons from in the forwards and the back line. For them to have 50 tackles inside the 20 and to restrict them to 14 points and to do enough to win the game was, was one I thought, one of the great performances of the year. And I sent Andrew Webster a text message after the game, Smitty. Uh, and, of course, Andrew was a was at the Panthers um, for a couple of years. And uh, and I said to him, well, Webby, that was heart and mouth stuff, but what a great win. You've built a team that New Zealand can be proud of, full house to witness a gutsy win, Mount Smart, this fortress, really happy for you. Um, and and that's how I felt. I felt, wow, that, this, this Warriors side, and I know seven games doesn't make a season, but... They have been the storyline, and on our program this morning, Ian, uh, you know, plenty of chat about the Warriors and what they've been able to do in the opening seven weeks and the reasons for it. We had a we had a Warriors fan call us from Tokyo this morning to say how happy he was and what an effort that uh, you know this team have made. But uh, that's how I feel about the Warriors at the moment. Um, he's built something special. Uh, boy, I hope it continues because that would be the story of the year. You see, uh, to me, uh, a lot of this is all about Andrew Webster because, uh, sure, they've brought in um, Richie Agar from uh, from uh, Yorkshire, but by and large, uh, the coaching setup hasn't changed that much. There's still those that group behind. Uh, what is it? I mean, you know this guy. You've seen him in action for Penrith. He's been ultra successful there. We're still trying to get to to the bottom of who this Andrew Webster is and how he can make a team who didn't want to play last year want to rush out and play this year so quickly. Uh, Normally things, there's more than one thing that happens, uh, Smitty. You know, normally there's a whole, and and when when you're talking about a team that wins a comp, there's not just one reason. There's a whole lot of reasons uh, why a team is successful during the year. Uh, The things that we've, we've, we've sort of, um, you know, got out of out of the fans and and both Cameron Smith we had on on air this morning for our hour, uh, which we do every Monday. You know, they've moved home. That that that's a big point. The fact that they are back home, but there's been plenty of Kiwi uh, Warriors sides that have played out of New Zealand and haven't even looked closely uh, like this team this year. So that's that's one reason. The fact that they've moved back. The new coach is another reason. Uh, the new players is another reason. Um, the fact that they've got New South Wales Cup playing back this year, so they're competing. So they've got a team under them that are playing, that are keeping fit. And um, so you combine all those things, but you keep coming back to Andrew Webster. Um, you can have all those things. You can be playing at home. You can have some new players in your side. But unless unless you've got a coach that can get it into your head what is important, what you need to be doing is important in winning games and they've gone back to the basic things that are are important. And I guess Andrew Webster over his two years at Penrith and probably before that um, began to understand what is important in winning football games and it can be the most 
it can be the, the simplest things in the game. It can be all about effort and and Smitty, when when we you know I've been fortunate enough to be involved in the Origin scene here over the last five years, and you realise what becomes important in a game. And my summary of Origin is that it's 85 percent effort um, with a a bit of brilliance, and that that's that's Origin eighty five percent ninety percent effort um, sprinkled with a bit of brilliance, and and you've got the players. That can be brilliant, but if that effort isn't there, and that's what the Warriors have done differently. And you look at you look at Sean Johnson's game, and Sean has always been brilliant. Like Sean Johnson is one of the most, you know, I think best players in terms of can do things that other players can't over the last decade. But what he's done is mix that with uh, good decision making. And effort, like Sean Johnson kicking, chasing his own kicks and and being the first up there to make the tackle. Um, And if you get that sort of feeling throughout a a team, uh, they become very hard to beat. And the Warriors Mm. are doing that. So to defend the... Yeah, they didn't play the perfect footy on the weekend, but to defend the, the mistakes they made is the difference between this Warriors team and a Warriors team over the last decade. No Tamari Martin for quite some time now, it seems, uh, Brandy, but um, uh, they used Dylan Walker. They, they tried uh, Dylan Walker at six. Uh, how did you rate that performance uh, going forward in terms of the issue in the six jersey? Well, he certainly played well enough to hold his jersey next week. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a quality player, Dylan Walker, and he's, he's evolved over the, the, the years. You know, he first started as a centre. Um, over the last few years, he's been used as a bench player to come on and play in the middle because he's... He's got the ability to to pass the ball and he's got good speed. So he, he does trouble those big men in the middle. Uh, and then, you know, he's also played 5'8 at Manly for a, for a fair bit of time. So he's he's got the experience. And off the back of his performance against the Cowboys, I, you know, I don't see any problem with him moving forward. Uh, I, Luke Metcalf is an interesting one and played well in the trial games, tore a hamstring and tore it well and, you know, he's been over to the States to have it looked at. I don't know when he returns, but, um, you know, over the period that Tamari Martin is out, he'd be a handy man to come back in. But after what Dylan Walker did on the weekend and, you know, knowing that he's played uh, some... He's got some experience playing in the sixth jersey, I, I see no reason that he moved from there. Smitty, he was, he was very good. Right, let's uh, look at the, the Broncos um, and what they've got coming up because... Um, uh, my producer, uh, Ricardo, whispered on my ear before that uh, for the rest of the season as such, the Broncos will only be outside of Queensland uh, in terms of their matchups only six weeks out of uh, mm. Queensland. So how advantageous is that for them? And they're playing damn well. They, they mopped up the Titans. Uh, it seems like they haven't been out of Queensland much already, Smitty. So if, if that's the case, and I know they do trip around a bit, but I, I did hear something... Uh, that the the Broncos only play in New South Wales twice this year, uh, for some reason, some quirky reason. The, the draw and there's been a lot a lot of criticism aimed at the draw, and it is a very I, I can imagine, you know, the Canadian computer that uh, that does all this. The clubs throw in what they'd like to see in their marquee games, but apart from that, I don't think the clubs have much input on what happens in the draw. But the Broncos. 
seem to have been in Queensland a lot. And I suppose with the extra side, the Dolphins in the comp now too, they uh, they don't have to leave there. They do play the, the Eels in Darwin this weekend. So there's a bit of travel involved in that. But uh, the Broncos are flying high at the top of the competition. After what was a good game in front of a... I think a record crowd at uh, at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast, uh, twenty seven thousand. They filled the stadium after a after a win they had against the Dragons the week before. The Titans, I think their home fans thought they were a chance, and for a lot of the game they were a chance. It, it was a it was a cracking game, even though the score ended up big. Uh, the Broncos did score four tries in the last 15 minutes to make it look like it was an easy game. So the score no reflection of how good the game was. The Titans actually led at half-time, Smitty, 14-10, and they gave up a try right on the stroke of half-time. So they could have gone in at half-time with, with a, a comfortable lead. Uh, but the Broncos are a classy side this year. They've, they've got strike. They've got so much attack. And uh, Reese Walsh has been a what, a... what a find he's been. Not that we thought he mm. couldn't play, but he was a little bit quiet last year when he played for the Warriors. But, boy, he's made an impact with the Broncos. So... Uh, they're going to be, you know, with the the draw that they've got, as Ricardo pointed out, they'll be there. They'll be there at the end of the season. They'll be playing finals footy, and you know, if they keep it going, well, they might just finish on top of the competition at the end of the year. A text uh, has just come in. Uh, Rory, his name is um, Brandy, wanted to know uh, from you what's up with the Bulldogs' attack? They lost uh, thirty to four to the Eels uh, yesterday to round off uh, round seven. Um, got injuries, but the halves especially. Uh, he says Flanagan not up to it. He puts players in, in a, a worse position than he's in himself. So what have you made of the Doggies? Uh, doggies, uh, again, a club, Ian, that have, um, that have struggled with injuries. Kickout's not there. Uh, I do agree with our, our texter that, uh, that I, you know, I don't think Kyle Flanagan... He's been battling. I, you know, I don't know whether he is up to it. And I did say about the dogs of, a couple of weeks ago. They got a uh, in a game that they lost, and and I was quite critical of their attack in the game that I was talking about. I can't remember exactly who they were playing, and I said, well, you know, it, it's they're leaving it on the shoulders of Matt Burton to try and create. Matt Burton's a runner of the footy. He's not necessarily a ball playing five eight, uh, but if you've got a halfback that won't run. And you've got a fullback that doesn't pass in Hayes Perham, it limits your attack. Uh, now, Kyle Flanagan is very good at steering a team around the park. He's got a good kicking game, uh, but they really don't need that because Matt Burton's got a great kicking game. Matt Burton, you know, is one of the better kickers in the NRL. So uh, it's a, it's a real it's an act it, it's a juggling act for the Dogs at the moment. Uh, Tavita Pangai returned and looked good in the opening 20 minutes when the Dogs were in the game. Uh, got some offloads and he will help their attack but Kikau's out for a long time and he's you know the strike weapon that they bought from the Panthers to make an impact so he won't be there and it does leave a lot on the shoulders of, of the hooker Reed Marnie who some you know I think is at times yesterday tried too hard but you can't blame him for that he's trying to get something going yeah but uh, I think our man on the text Smitty is, is right the, the dog's attack is is pretty pedestrian, but they, they need some new heads there. Greg Alexander, uh, just fantastic uh, for you to make yourself available after your three hours on air yourself. So uh, we appreciate your thoughts and uh, review of uh, another great weekend from Warriors fans, and we look forward to uh, the Anzac Day clashes with Relish. Cheers, man. Thank you. Good on you, Smitty. Good to talk, mate.